As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. This is Monday. And in the regular TV program this week, I'm teaching a brand new series called, are you ready for this? Trick or Treat, A Christian's Response to Halloween. So I decided to devote a whole week to this subject. And tonight I'm here with Denise and Maxime, and we're going to be talking about it every night this week. What is the Christian response to Halloween? And we're going to see it from the Bible. And I want you to order the whole series called Trick or Treat. I'm telling you, this is such a great series. A Christian response to Halloween. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats, and the study guide is free. So please go to renner.org. You can download the study guide right now. By the way, today I was reading a lot of comments, and thank you for telling me that you like the study guide. I'm so glad that you're taking advantage of it because it's free. You just go to renner.org and you download it, and you can order the series at the same time too. And I thought we should also offer you my book called Dress to Kill, A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare because a lot of people this week are going to be talking about goblins and demons and the devil because it's Halloween. Hey, he is not a joke. In fact, tonight we're going to be talking about, is the devil funny? He is not funny. He's real. He is an arch enemy, and we need to know how to deal with him, not celebrate him. Anyway, this book is just fabulous. It is read all over the world. Is that amazing, Denise? It's amazing, and it's a wonderful book. Wrote this book in 1991, and people today buy this book just like they did in 1991. It just is all the time being obtained by people all over the planet who are wanting to know what the Bible really says about the devil. You know, it's important that you know what the Bible says because you can come up with some pretty crazy ideas about the devil. And that's why you need to know what does the Bible say about the devil. He is under our feet. We're not trying to get him there. He is there. And this book is about how to keep him there. It will really help you. But if you need prayer, please contact us, prayer at runner.org, or call us right now, 1-800-742-5593. We want to hear from you, and we would love to know how to pray for you. And I want to know if my program this week is a blessing to you. Amen. Welcome, Denise. Well, thank you, Rick. And home group, welcome. This is going to be a great week. These lessons on trick-or-treat and Halloween, I know it's going to open your thinking to the, well, maybe the power of the devil, but more than the power of the devil. The power that we have in Over us him. by Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, just before we came here tonight to have home group, Maxime said, I guess I'm just going to sit and listen tonight because I don't know anything about Halloween. They didn't have Halloween in the Soviet Union. Is that right, Maxime? True. And I know it's going to be very interesting <clears throat> because obviously I'm Russian. I grew up in USSR. There was no Halloween. I heard about this. Halloween thing when I turned maybe 18 or 20, so I don't know much about it. I know I'm going to learn a lot. Well, Denise and I are of the age where everybody celebrated Halloween. How about you? Did you celebrate Halloween when you were growing up? You know, our minds just were unrenewed to the reality of the devil. We just didn't know he was serious. Well, Rick, we love the candy. Let's, oh, we love let's the, get honest. Hey, but I also love <laughs> the costumes. But we were so unrenewed about the devil that I remember there was a woman in our church who said the devil was attacking her. 
And everybody said, that woman is crazy. She is talking about the devil as if he is real. And we thought people who talked about the devil were just crazy. To us, it was all just a big joke. It was just a big joke. And on Halloween, we didn't even have a thought about dressing up like witches and goblins and devils. We just thought it was a lot of fun. And I can remember as a child wearing, are you ready? A skeleton costume. That's probably the skinniest I've ever been in my life when I looked like a skeleton. Lori, my little sister, dressed like pebbles. Rhonda, my older sister that year, dressed like Jacqueline Kennedy. So it must have been in the 60, early 60s. And we got our bags. We had brown paper sacks from Safeway. Yes. That we put handles on them. Yes. And we walked up and down the street saying trick or treat. And Denise, it looked like there were thousands of kids on the street. I don't even know where all those kids came from. And people were so excited to give candy. And we'd knock on those doors. And for the renter kids, when we would fill one of those big sacks, we'd come home, dump it on the floor, get another one, and start all over again. That's exactly what we did. In fact, I can still hear the doorbell. And there's that adult standing there. And we go... Trick or treat! Well, I have to tell you, my neighborhood was not rich enough to have doorbells. Well, we just knocked on the door. But they were waiting for us. There were some doorbells. Oh, I can remember those. (laughs) What what were they called? Pecan rolls? Oh, my goodness. I love those pecan rolls. Oh, when you got a snicker inside of your bag. Little tiny snicker. Oh, that was the prize. So many different kinds of candy, bit of honey. Oh, bit of honey. honey. I love bit of honey. And there we were walking all over the neighborhood looking like skeletons and demons and witches, just thinking it was the greatest thing we'd ever done. You know why I like bit of honey, Ricky? Because it had honey in the title. And you thought it was healthy. It was healthy. (laughs) Healthy. And my mother would really get involved in the action. And days before Halloween, she would give me construction paper, me and Lori, black construction paper and orange construction paper and crayons and scissors and tape. And we'd begin to cut out witches. We'd make ghosts out of white paper. We would tape them under the big picture window in the front of our house. And of course, we had a jack-o'-lantern on the front porch. We just thought that was a blast. And... This carried over so long in our lives that when Denise and I got married, now here we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we really did not have a revelation about how how bad spiritual warfare was. We just did not understand. And when I was serving with Denise and we were single pastors in the Baptist church, we had a huge Halloween party and it looked like hell had invaded the church. Witches, goblins, monsters. I dressed like a witch. Denise dressed like a witch. I had green face. There we all were thinking, what a great way to attract people to church. We'll have a big Halloween party. It was. It was evangelistic. We thought it was evangelistic. <laughs> <laughs> it was evangelistic. Well, we've come a little ways since then. Yes. And today, we would never dress our grandchildren as a devil. He is not worth celebrating. My friends, this is a very sinister holiday, and there is nothing funny about the devil. Now, my dad used to say, Rick, you're such a killjoy. You are just a killjoy. Why don't you just dress these kids like devils and let them have fun? 
I'd say, Daddy, because I don't want my children to think the devil is funny. He is not funny. And when you understand the origins of Halloween, ay, 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 I don't know how anybody could ever participate in Halloween. Now, you can create an alternative. For example, in Moscow, we have what's called Alleluia. Alleluia, which is a night to praise the Lord. And it's marvelous. It's about the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But even today in Russia, Halloween itself is not a big holiday, but we just decided we'd make our own Halloween. A lot of churches have, ha have hallelujah parties. You know, you can create an alternative, but the devil is not worth celebrating. He is not funny at all. And tonight, I want us to go to John 10, 10, a verse that every charismatic loves and is really a powerful verse where Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. And I want us to really look at this verse because there's more to this verse than meets the eye. Are you guys ready? Let's begin at the very first. Jesus says, the thief. Well, the word thief is the Greek word kleptes. That's going to show up again in a moment as the word klepto. But the word kleptes is where you get the word for a kleptomaniac. Well, what is a kleptomaniac? A kleptomaniac is one who cannot restrain himself. It's just in his nature to steal. And Jesus taught that the devil was a thief from the very beginning, and he was. In the very beginning, he wanted the glory of God. In the very beginning, he wanted the adulation of other angels. In the very beginning, he said, I'm going to sit on the sides of the north. I'm going to be like the most high. He wanted God's seat. And then he wanted Adam's seat of authority in the Garden of Eden, from the very beginning, there's been something flawed in Satan. He is a kleptomaniac, and he really can't control himself because that's his nature. It's his nature to steal. But it really pictures, listen to this, a bandit, a thief, a pickpocket, or a scam artist. You know, a scam artist knows how to get what is in your pocket into his pocket. And it's where we get the word kleptomaniac. But let's go on. Jesus says, the thief cometh not, but for to what? Steal. This word steal is nearly the same word, but here in Greek it is the word klepto, which again describes a kleptomaniac, but as the form klepto, listen to this, it pictures one so artful in the way that he steals. Isn't that amazing? So artful in the way that he steals that his exploits of thievery are nearly undetectable. A scam artist or a pickpocket, and again, it's where we get the word kleptomaniac. And do you know, every time that I read this and study this, I think about one time in 1992, we were all in Moscow for a few days. Back in those days, we were living in Latvia, but we'd all, our whole team had come to Moscow. And one of our team members used to carry a brown bag with his passport and his money in it, with a strap over his arm. And we were in a mall and let me tell you, back in those days, there was nothing in the malls. There were no products back in those days. We were just kind of wandering through to see if anything was there. And that particular mall, which was right downtown, across now from what is the Marriott, Aurora, it was filled with people because there were products in that store. So it was just jam-packed. And when we came out of that store, his bag had been slit open with a knife, and everything in it was gone. He never knew his bag had been touched. 
the exploits of thievery were undetectable. And Jesus says that is like the devil. He is so artful in the way that he steals, he will have his hands in your pocket to take what you have, and you won't even know his hands are in your pocket. He wants your marriage. He wants it. Not because he needs it. He's just a kleptomaniac. He just wants it because he's a thief. He wants your money. Does he need it? No. He's just a kleptomaniac. He wants your health because he's a kleptomaniac. He wants your job. He wants your joy. He wants your peace. He wants your house. He wants your kids. He wants your grandkids. He cannot restrain himself. Jesus said he is a kleptase, a kleptomaniac, and he's very artful in the way that he gets his hands into other people's pockets to take whatever they have. Now that already tells you the devil is not funny. He's evil. But then Jesus goes on to says he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Well, what does the word kill mean? Well, when we say the word kill, we think it means to slaughter, don't we? To slaughter, to murder. We see something that is butchery and carnage. It's not that at all. This is a religious word. It's the word thuo. Maxime, you know because you study Greek with sacrifice. me. The word thuo means to sacrifice. It is a religious word, which means the devil can show up and sound real religious. And he can. It's amazing. He knows how to quote scripture. He quoted scripture to Jesus. He quoted it wrongly. But the devil knows the Bible. And the devil knows how to disguise his voice to sound like God. Now let me give you the meaning of this word thuo here, translated kill, from the Greek New Testament. Not to kill as to murder, but it is the word that means to sacrifice. Listen to this. To surrender or to give up something that is precious and dear. And here's what the devil does. If he can't get his hand in your pocket to get what you have, then he takes on the next mode of operation. Or if he's already had his hand in your pocket and he's wiped you out, but there's something left that he hasn't been able to steal, then he moves into the second mode of operation where he says, this is what the word kill really means. Just give it up. There's, there's no chance of your life ever being restored. Maybe God just wants you to take what's left and just lay it on the altar. Yes, it's precious to you, it's dear to you, but maybe you just need to lay it on the altar. Maybe you just need to surrender it and walk away from it. Now, sometimes God will tell you to surrender something. Well, he told, he told Abraham to surrender Isaac. He did, but God never had the intention of taking Isaac. He never had the intention of taking The devil has the intention of taking everything you've got. And he sometimes will disguise himself religiously to say, just give it up. Just walk away from it. Why fight? Just surrender. Whatever's precious, whatever's dear. That's exactly what the word thuo means. Isn't that amazing? Then Jesus says, and he comes to destroy. Well, the word destroy is a form of the Greek word apolumi. It's where you get the New Testament word for uh, Apollo, the name of the devil, Apollony. And it means to liquidate, really. It means to ruin, waste, trash, devastate, or destroy. It is the same root used in 3.16, Luke 3.16, where John the Baptist said of Jesus, I am not worthy to unloose, 
That word unloose, the word lua, it's the same word here, means to unloose the shoestrings of Jesus. Well, what happens when you unloose shoestrings? Everything comes undone. The shoes fall off. That same word is the word destroy here. And here it describes something that is ruined, unraveled, undone, devastated, trashed, destroyed, or completely liquidated. And Jesus here is literally saying, make no mistake, the devil's purpose. Number one is to get his hands in your pocket. He cannot help himself. He is just a kleptomaniac. Number two, if there's something you have that he didn't already walk away with, he will do his best to talk you into giving it up. And number three, his purpose is to so undo your life until your life completely falls to pieces. Now, I don't think that kind of an individual is worth celebrating or laughing about. We're talking about a sinister enemy who wants to totally destroy your life. And here, people are dressing their kids like devils, like this is a party. My friends, this is not a party. He is evil. And let me give you the RIV of this verse. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Ready, Maxine? Oh, I love this RIV. The thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear, and that's not all. When he's finished stealing all of your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level by creating conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problem except to sacrifice everything that remains from previous attacks. The goal of this thief is to totally devastate your life. If nothing stops him, he'll leave you insolvent, flat broke, cleaned out in every area of your life. You'll end up feeling as if you're finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. That is such a good version of that verse. Now, if you really understand that about the devil then you have to grab the fact that he's not funny. There's nothing funny about the devil. There's not a more sinister enemy than the devil. That's why Halloween is so foul. People dressing like the devil and celebrating spirits. It's evil, evil, evil. That hey, we have to finish John 10.10 because Jesus said something else in this verse. Look what he said. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And you know when you read this in Greek, even the word that is important. I am come that. The word that is the word henna. The word henna is what I call a pointer word. Jesus is pointing to an explicit purpose. Jesus says, I have explicitly come for this reason. And here's why he came. That they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Might have is the Greek word echosin, which is a form of the word echo, which means to have, hold, or to possess. Jesus is here saying, I want people to have, I want them to hold, I want them to possess life. And the word life is the word zoe, which many people say means the life of God. Sometimes it means that, sometimes it does not. But the more general meaning of the word life, as it is used in this verse, 
The word zoe here describes life filled with zest and vitality. Fabulous life. Jesus wants everyone to have a fabulous life filled with zest and vitality. And Jesus says that they might have it more abundantly. The word abundantly, Denise, is the word that you and I were talking about this week, parasos. The word parasos means abundantly, excessively, exceedingly, extraordinarily, something that abounds in an extraordinary measure. So profuse that it can be likened to a river overflowing and flooding beyond its banks, overflowing, plentiful, or even superabundant. And when I read that word parasos, it doesn't matter what verse I read it in, my mind always goes back to when I was a kid, and my grandparents lived on a creek in Oklahoma back in those days called Bird Creek. It looked like Slime Creek. It was just filled with mud. And nearly every spring it flooded. And when Bird Creek flooded, ay ay ay, what a mess. And my grandparents owned a lake, which was called Dead Man's Lake because years earlier they had found a dead man in it, so they called it Dead Man's Lake. And Dead Man's Lake was fed by Bird Creek, so you can imagine what Dead Man's Lake looked like. It looked like a huge cesspool of mud. Well, when the creek would flood over its banks. Bird Creek, Dead Man's Lake, mud went everywhere, everywhere was just slimed, slimed, slimed. And my dad would say, Rick, let's go out and get your grandparents. We gotta, gotta go rescue your grandparents. There they were in their house. The water all the way up to the front porch. One time it even came in the house and destroyed their grand piano. That's how deep it was. Slime, just everything. Slime, slime, slime. Ugh, it was awful. And we'd take my dad's bass boat and the road we normally drove on, we'd get in the bass boat and it was covered with water so we'd ride through the water down the highway to my grandparents' house and there was their house over in the field and there'd be Grandpap and Joe standing on the porch <laughs> waving at us because they knew we'd be coming for them. Put them in the boat, take them home, wait for Bird Creek and Dead Man's Lake to recede. And when everything receded, guess what everything looked like? Slime. Everything was just slimed, slimed, slimed because of this profuse, overflowing river. Well, when I see this, I see that God wants to spill over in our life and not slime us, but bless us, bless us, bless us, bless us, bless us with a wonderful life. Jesus wants to absolutely cover us, inundate us with a wonderful, wonderful life. And in fact, here's how you could translate. Here's the RIV of the second part of John 10.10. 10. But I have specifically come, there's the word Hannah, but I specifically come with the express purpose that you will have, hold, and possess a phenomenal and amazing life. That's the word Zoe. My purpose, there's the word Hannah, is that you will possess, there's the word echo, you will possess life so full, yeah, there's the word parasos, that it overflows and spills over like a mighty river so full of water that its banks can no longer contain it all. I'm talking about 
Zoe, an amazingly full, spirited, and vivacious life that is literally overflowing and spilling over. I have explicitly come so you can possess an abundant, profuse, plentiful, and bountiful life. That is why Jesus came in Jesus' own words. But previous to that, he said there's a thief, a pickpocket, a scam artist who wants to get his hand into your pocket, then talk you into giving up everything that's left over. He wants to liquidate you, undo you, unravel your life until your marriage falls apart, your finances fall apart, your kids fall apart. He wants to totally undo you. And so with all of that in mind, I think we can say the devil is not funny. Denise? Well, ultimately, everything evil, the source of it, is the enemy. It's the devil. Divorce, rape, hate, murder, deformity in bodies, uh, ripping bodies out of mother's womb. I mean, it, suffering, hate, discouragement, suicide. It's all Evil. from the origin of the enemy. It's all evil. He's a thief. He's a thief. And there's nothing funny. If you've ever suffered or you've ever seen somebody you love suffer, you know that when you look at that person suffer or you're suffering yourself, you know that there's nothing good or, or beneficial in that suffering. And it's not to be celebrated because it is from the enemy. So what about these people who are dressing their kids like demons and devils, Denise? Well, I think they just really don't know. I think they just don't get it. They, they really They think don't it's funny. Know. They don't have a revelation. We sure certainly did. I have no judgment of anybody, and neither should you. Neither should you. But once you're informed, you're responsible. And also, once you're informed, then you can celebrate. You can, you can turn it into a celebration for God. You can take what the enemy meant for evil, and you can turn it for good. You can have a Halloween party, a hallelujah, a hallelujah, hallelujah party. party instead of a Halloween party. Yes. Like in Moscow, we have Halloween. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, it's one of my favorite events yeah. of the year. The power of God that comes. He came to crush the devil. He came to defeat the devil. And that's what we saw. To celebrate. take down every work of the devil. So you can turn it into something positive. Maxime, what do you have to say? It's an excellent teaching, and I'm so thankful you told me that. I didn't know that the word to kill in the Greek text is thuo, is to sacrifice. It's amazing. Is that, doesn't that just it's totally outstanding. Change, changes that Thank verse. you for this revelation. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, we're out of time. This has been good, but when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see how did early Christians respond to pagan celebrations because they were surrounded by it all the time. They couldn't escape it. Paganism was all around them. And you hear the word paganism, you may not even know what that means. I'll tell you what it means tomorrow night. It's like they were living in a constant Halloween, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But it wasn't fun and games. It was real evil. It was sinister every day, everywhere they went. How did early Christians deal with it? What did the Apostle Paul have to say about it? That's what we're going to see tomorrow night. But remember, if you need prayer, you can write to us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. And please go to the website and download your free study guide called Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween. And sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.
If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.